are listening to Alter Echo, a scripture and message podcast of St. John's Lutheran Church, ELCA of Lakeville, Minnesota. Thank you for listening and thank you for worshiping with us. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, Peter came and said to Jesus, Lord, another member of the church sins against you, how often shall I forgive? As many as seven times. Said to him, eh, not seven times, but I tell you, seventy-seven times. This reason the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. He began the reckoning. The one who owed him ten thousand talents was brought to him. And as he could not pay, his lord ordered him to be sold, together with his wife, children, and all his possessions, and payment to be made. So the slave fell on the knees before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves, who owed him a hundred denarii, and seizing him by the throat, he said, Pay what you owe. Then his fellow slaves fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. But he refused. Then he went and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you. And in anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. So my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you you do not forgive your brother or sister from your hearts. The Gospel of our Lord. Well, we want to start a this week's message with these verses again from the gospel reading I just shared with you. Now the king said to the servant, should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in anger his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. So my heavenly father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. In other words, forgiveness is serious business. I was thinking this past week about Netflix. My thoughts started with a conversation I had with my mother who was going to a movie with a friend this past week. Before going to that movie with her friend, she, for whatever reason, started remembering all the many years of watching movies at home. Uh, These home movies were possible because of this crazy new company, maybe you remember it, called Netflix. You became a member and then ordered movies on DVD. Then the DVD was mailed to your house, and you kept the DVD for a certain amount of time, during which you watched the movie, and then returned the DVD back through the mail. Now, some claim that this new company called Netflix destroyed the blockbuster movie rental stores found in almost every neighborhood throughout the country. Maybe you had a blockbuster store near you at one point in time. 
But as I was reminiscing about those old DVD rental movies, I also remembered, and that to this day this is true as well, that action movies are the genre I watch the most. Which is interesting, because if you think about action movies, revenge is often the motive that drives the movie's plot. After all, strangely enough, to a certain degree, revenge is entertaining. You know, who does not like to see the bad person destroyed by the victim? You know, it feels right. It, it seems just. It, it brings an unfair world, an out-of-balance world, back into balance. But does it? You know, some scholars observe that in American culture, when someone is wrong, they either become angry and retaliate, road rage, or become fearful and withdraw from the conflict. These scholars conclude most of us have been formed, and I thought this was interesting, formed by a culture, our culture, that nourishes revenge and mocks grace. A culture that nourishes revenge and mocks grace. End quote. So look around. You can see this everywhere. People are constantly criticizing each other online, sometimes crossing over into cyberbullying. Uh, some of you, or uh, even on a personal level, uh, individuals uh, feel offended. And they quickly pursue revenge, wanting to balance the scales, suddenly find themselves in trouble for what they've done. Often people can misunderstand the motives of others, and they jump to incorrect conclusions as they become overwhelmed with their rage or their anger. One author says, we live in unforgiving times. Public self-righteousness is on the rise, and the taste for revenge has never been greater. The taste for revenge, for getting even, sounds right. You know, we, we think an eye for an eye brings balance into an unfair world. But we also know that an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. The unwillingness of the forgiven servant to forgive others makes him blind to his own hypocrisy. He cannot see that the forgiveness shown to him was unearned. It was a gift given out of mercy for another. Now think about this. Unearned grace and unconditional love. Our encounters with unearned grace and unconditional love can really be life-changing. I know when I have encountered unearned grace and unconditional love, it has changed my life in respect to how I see God, to how I see others, and even to how I see myself. Not as hated enemies, but fellow human beings who need our love each and every day. Some of you might remember in 2006 when five Amish schoolgirls were killed, 11 wounded, 
in an Amish schoolhouse by a shooter in Pennsylvania. The Amish community not only comforted the shooter's wife and children, they forgave him the shooter. The Amish were revered by many in the press because they forgave even as they mourned the death of their own innocent children. Even they admitted that their forgiveness did not remove the pain of their loss. It, it didn't. Nor did their forgiveness um, excuse what had happened. It didn't. But their act of forgiveness did bring peace and wholeness to the lives of those impacted by this tragedy. Forgiveness gave them a future. Instead of being stuck in their own bitterness, they became, through their forgiveness, instruments of God's peace in the world today. Through their forgiveness, despair was transformed into hope, sadness into joy, fear into faith. So forgiveness is the glue that really holds us together, both as communities and as individuals. Without forgiveness, there is no peace among us or within us. This is why forgiveness is both received and given. As one Amish man said, Jesus forgave our sins. How can we expect forgiveness if we cannot give forgiveness? In our church lives and personal lives, we are challenged to keep our focus on the one who gave his life and forgave his tormentors in an act of love and spiritual strength. This means that Jesus is always the center of all that we do. His life is our example to follow so that we can truly become the body of Christ for the world today. A body that uses forgiveness, which gives us the peace of God, that can transform despair into hope, sadness into joy, and fear into faith. We also need to remember that forgiveness is not only for others, but it's also for ourselves. Not only do we need to release ourselves from the sins of others, but we need to release ourselves from our own sins as well. As we know, forgiving ourselves is sometimes harder than forgiving others. Maybe this is why the one servant cannot forgive the other. He has yet to really truly receive and accept the forgiveness shown to him. Scarlett Lewis lost her six-year-old son, Jesse, in the shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary School. He was one of 20 children killed in that horrific attack in 2012, an absolute nightmare come to life. Parents such as Scarlett were devastated. At first, her anger sapped all her energy and strength. Her rage was directed at the shooter and at the mother who unknowingly armed him. But then one day, she made a choice, a choice that would change her life. She made the choice to forgive. She says, forgiveness felt like I was given, and I like this image, a big pair of scissors, she told the Forgiveness Project. These scissors helped her cut her tie to the shooter and regain her personal power. 
In other words, forgiveness is one of God's gifts, and he gives us many gifts every day, but forgiveness is one of the God's gifts that really empowers us in many and various ways to live through the suffering of this world. She says, and I think this is interesting too, it started with a choice and then forgiveness became a process. It started with a choice and then became a process. A lifelong and sometimes difficult, difficult process of giving and receiving forgiveness. You know, even modern research is discovering that Jesus was right about the benefits of forgiveness. Dr. Robert Enright is a psychologist in Wisconsin. He's also a Christian who was raised on the teachings of Jesus about tolerance and forgiveness. But he wondered if forgiveness and its benefits could be proven to help patients, maybe in a hospital or in some kind of therapy clinic. So he designed ways to include forgiveness in therapy sessions, and he studied its effects. Enright developed therapies for helping elderly women to forgive the people who had wronged them in the past. He also tried to help the victims of abuse and incest to understand the people who assaulted them without justifying what the abusers had done. So he created two groups, one made up of women undergoing forgiveness therapy and one made up of women receiving therapy for emotional wounds without, without a focus on forgiveness. What did he find? The forgiveness therapy group showed greater improvement, greater improvement in emotional and psychological health than the group that did not, did not focus on forgiveness. Scarlett Lewis discovered after the Sandy Hook attack, forgiveness helps people to regain their personal power. But it starts with a choice and becomes a lifelong process of giving and receiving forgiveness. So, do not avoid forgiveness, but use this gift of God to bring healing and wholeness and peace into your life and into the world that you live in each and every day. Amen. And now, God's Word is alive in us again, anew. And we get the blessing of being called to let it echo through us, out into the world in which we live. Everyone, if you wish to give your offering now in support of this podcast and of the work and ministry of St. John's Lutheran Church in Lakeville, Minnesota, I invite you to go to our website at sjlcl.org. I'll repeat that for you, sjlcl.org. Up toward the top right, you will see a button that says Give. Click on Give and follow the simple instructions to give your offering. And on behalf of the whole congregation, let me say thank you for giving in support of these ministries. And now, receive a blessing from Kate Bowler from her book, The Lives We Actually Have, this is a blessing called for this ordinary day. Lord, here I am. How strange it is that some days feel like hurricanes and others like glassy seas and others like 
nothing much at all. Today is a cosmic shrug. My day planner says, rather conveniently, that I will not need you, cry out for you, reach for you. Ordinarily, I might not think of you at all. Except, if you don't mind, let me notice you. Show up in all the small necessities and everyday graces. God, be bread. Be water. Be laundry. Be the coffee cup in my hands and the reason to calm down in traffic. Be the gentler tone in my insistence today that people pick up after themselves for once. Be the reason I feel loved when I catch my own reflection or feel my own self-loathing fluttering in my stomach. Calm my mind, lift my spirit, make this dumb, ordinary day my prayer of thanks. Amen. And peace be with you, my friends.